Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Drop your shoulders, take a breath, tune into how you feel, because it's time to stretch. Welcome back to Stretch Marks. I'm Sinead O'Moore, the host and creator of this podcast that dives deep into the parts of life that can truly stretch us. And thanks to you, I can now say that Stretch Marks is an award-winning podcast, having just won Best Family Podcast at the Mum and Tots Awards. And later this month, in the Irish Podcast Awards, it has been nominated for the Best New Podcast. And no, I don't think I could say podcast any more times than I just did. But the point that I'm trying to make is it's going well. And yet, right now, I am so nervous to start putting it back out there again. And perhaps it's because it's not just a job to me. I'm doing it because it actually means something to me. The last few weeks that I've been off season, I have felt lost. These conversations are now part of who I am, a therapy I lean on and I can't be without. In this first episode, I'm joined by Sheila Shoiga, who knows exactly what I mean about the very real power and influence real conversations can have as creator of her own podcast, Ready to Be Real. Here, we talk about her own confidence journey in stepping into the arena, visibility and holding ourselves back, realigning the reality of life with newfound priorities as she moves back to Connemara and an important message for us all this winter about the signs, symptoms and actions we should all take to limit the danger of RSV. RSV is a common and contagious virus that affects 90% of children before they are two years old. All infants are at risk of RSV, while most infections cause mild cold-like symptoms and clear up on their own within a few weeks. Some cases can be more serious. There are approximately 30,000 babies and children under five that are hospitalized every year due to RSV, croup, bronchiolitis and pneumonia, something I know far too much about, are examples of severe illnesses that can be caused by RSV, which is why it is so important to be aware and to understand how to spot the more severe symptoms. You'll find a link in the show notes to rsv.sanofi.ie and please follow Stretchmarks podcast on Instagram, where you'll see I'm doing an Instagram live with Dr. Murray Finn answering your questions on RSV. It will be saved on my Instagram page, so don't worry about being there on time. If this conversation supports you at all, please support it back and hit subscribe. Share it on social and join Stretchmarks on Substack where I begin to share the Sunday stretch, 
my new newsletter full of all of the things that I've discovered, watched, listened to, read, ate, bought, experienced, all of the things that have eased the life stretches that little bit this week. Okay, season five, let's see where we go. Sheila, you are so very welcome onto Stretch Marks. I have not spoken to you on this podcast. Of course, we have spoken four years ago on Every Mum, just as you were about to start a project. And I remember it so clearly. I remember it so clearly. We were in that very dodgy studio uh, on South William Street with all the dodgy? steps. Ah, well, like oh, yes. all the steps and stairs. <laughs> I was like, not is dodgy. there a backstory? <laughs> not dodgy in a criminal way. But, um, oh yeah, all know, the little steps up there. That's right. I loved that chat though. That was a, gr- that was a great yeah. conversation, Sinead. Thank you. you know, and I hadn't, I hadn't met you before. No. Um, but you know, I walked away feeling like that was just therapy. It was, it was gorgeous. Yeah. There was a lot of connection there. Um, so yeah, you're my kind of gal. And we've met a few times since, thankfully networking around. But, uh, I remember that day when you were walking out the door and you said, I'm actually starting a podcast shortly. That's right. And you were nervous and you were feeling like this is a new step and this is a Mm. new stretch. But four years on, look at where it has taken you. Yeah, but look, the same. This, I mean, it's right back at you, isn't it? It's um, yeah, it, it was an interesting time because I think what had happened to me was I had been talking about doing a podcast for years, mm-hmm. you know, and I was Within getting you, sick. Didn't you? Yeah, but I was kind of, I was getting, I was getting a bit fed up with the sound of my own voice saying it because I'm like, piss or get off the pot, excuse my language. But mm-hmm. you know what I mean? You don't keep talking about it. Just do the thing. Um, so I was glad I did it. Yeah. By the time we sat down to talk, which was the September, wasn't it? Mm. I had already recorded a handful of episodes and I was, I kept kind of put, when will I do it? When will I release it? I'm pretty sure our conversation is in the one that we had and the release of my first episode, which was Lucy Kennedy was within the space of a week of each other, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, but I was delighted, uh, to do it and it was once you're up and running there was a sense of then okay it feels like the pressure is being released it's out there it's in the ether but getting to that point was really nerve-wracking yeah for me I think some of the benefits and we'll talk about that a little, little later on is the opportunity to connect with people but also the opportunity to connect with people on some of the things that are so normal but are actually like really stressful really stressful and we often yeah. don't talk about it because we're so we're so um we're so used to wearing that armor and only coming out talking about our successes and our good days and our highlights and our good moments but at the end of the day we're also women and mothers that go home to sick babies every day even if we're doing that showmanship of I, I'm strong and I'm powerful and I'm doing my career and I'm trying to be successful we still go home. We're still heading into this October, November, December phase. There is snuffles and coughs and yeah. temperatures abound. And there is nothing that brings me back down squarely to earth than that moment when you think, I think they're sick. I know, I know, I know. I know when you look at your diary and you're trying to think whether, I mean, whether you're a working parent or, or not, it's still stressful, you know, mm. but when you do have work on or you've places to be and then you realize, oh, oh, oh no, oh, 
yeah, there's definitely something brewing. And, you, and you, you know, you take that moment and you go, please, please, no, not this week. So it is it, this time of year. It's it's uh, it's playing roulette, isn't it? Yeah, it's playing roulette. And of course, there are things that are just the sniffles. And then there are things like RSV, which we need to know more about, because I think as well, yeah, the parent, I minimize maybe in the hope that it's not that bad. RSV can move quite quickly and what can start mm. presenting as just a bit of a sniffle and a bit of a cold can turn into something a lot more serious, which you have sadly experienced. Yeah. And so many people listening will have had experience of it. Some may have had it themselves or their kids and not even realize because it can manifest so differently um, in in babies and kids, you know, you might get a really mild case or you can't tell whether it's anything other than a, a cold or it might be more serious. And it was in our situation. So Cleona was born in November 21 and fast forward to the March. Now we are in RSV season right now. So they kind of say that RSV peaks from October to the end of February, but it was March when she got it. So she got it and it started as any cold wood, any normal viral thingy where it's like, you know, runny nose, slightly raised temperature, just ratty, not herself. And she was so young. She was only four months. She couldn't obviously communicate when babies are that young. They can't blow their nose, obviously. So I obviously brought her to the doctor to get her checked out Um, because I, I wasn't overjoyed. I wasn't mad. I wasn't that concerned either. I assumed it was it was nothing to worry about. It was so uh, little and what, still, though. So little. No. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and in an instant, the GP said it's RSV. He didn't even miss a beat. I thought it was interesting and it gave me confidence because he was so sure that's what it was. And he explained the reasons why. And I said, well, OK, he just noticed that her breathing. It wasn't very strained at this stage, but it was it was definitely a little bit touch wheezy. And he basically said it's RSV and this is what it is. And he explained it to me. I didn't know know about it, if I'm honest. I'd heard about it before, but I didn't really know much about it. And I you know, was then I was trying to understand. I wondered if Cahill would get it before. And he may have. And I just didn't notice. But anyway, it transpired that we all we all got it over those few weeks. Um, and while myself and himself were grand, Cahill got it. Definitely, you know, it, 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 it hit him also in the sense that his breathing was a little strained. But Cleona was obviously the one of most concern because she was so young. And the thing with RSV is... You're most vulnerable uh, when you're in either two brackets. If you're newborn up to three months or you're an elderly person, you need to watch out for RSV. And knowing the signs and symptoms, it, it is really important because we all have people that we know, um, whether we have an elderly parent or a neighbor or we have friends with kids or we have our own kids. We we all know people that will fit those brackets and you know, it can lead to and I'm not trying to scare anyone. And this is not what this campaign is about. It's about empowerment, not scaremongering. But once you know, at least you can take action, because what you don't want is to take it for granted and not be proactive if you feel like there is an element of concern. But I just didn't want to take risk with her. She was so young. And as I said, he said, look, it's RSV. All we can really do here is antibiotic won't make a blind bit of difference because it's viral, obviously. Um, so it's just it's comfort measures. It's keeping her comfy and keeping the airways clean. So the nasal sprays, I'm a big fan of the nasal spray, actually. I I, uh, I, I really think they they have their place, particularly with with mm. babies. 
they're not a big fan, but they do mm-hmm. help in clearing the airways because they don't know how to blow their nose. They don't know how how to get rid of that mucus. So it does help to clear things. So between that and she was given a prescription for an inhaler. Um, so it's basically the inhaler and then what they call a baby spacer. So it's effectively like a mask that went over her her mouth and her nose and you press the inhaler and that would just alleviate a little bit of the strain on the breathing. Um, now, I'm a, I'm a bit of a hippie in the sense that I obviously like to go the natural route wherever, whenever I can with myself and my kids. But there are times when, you know, we just need the help. And I definitely was. It was fantastic to have it there um, and to give her a little bit of relief. Luckily, her breathing wasn't too bad. But fast forward a few nights, she hadn't taken as much feed as as she normally would. Now, it wasn't a concern where there were, you know, dry nappies or anything. She was still having, you know, her wet nappies, but she just wasn't herself. And, you know, we know her own babies and it was late. It was too late to bring her to the doctor. Um, and Cahal was in bed. And myself and my partner both felt, you know what, not comfortable uh, going to sleep tonight. Mm. I think we we need to, we need to, we need to bring her in. We need to bring her into Grumlin. So we had to get Cahill up out of bed. Um, the four of us got in the car. We drove in. I went in with Cleana. The boys um, drove around. Cahill was asleep in the car. And I was waiting because, you know, the name of your podcast is Stretch Marks. They are unbelievably stretched in Grumlin. And um, you're kind of on one side, you're compassionate and you feel for them. On the other side, you're screaming inside, please see me, see my baby, you know. Um, so the waiting was excruciating, I'll be honest. I really hated it because you're there with so many kids and situations and, and everybody is, you know, it needs to be seen, you know, and they're all varying degrees of severity. Um, but I, I my brain was going into overdrive because um you know, she was there and she was, she was wheezy. And I was just like, I just need her seen too. Anyway, we were. Um, and the second we were brought inside, I instantly found myself starting to relax, you know, we're in safe hands now. And they basically did a various different tests to check the oxygen, uh, her oxygen levels and different things. And after a while, they kept us in a while, but we were luckily sent home. Um, and they said, look, just, you're doing the right thing. Just keep an eye on her. And you did the right thing coming in because I suppose there's no way of knowing. And I have had friends actually, since I've spoken about RSV, I've had friends talk to me about their experience of RSV, but I do know that two different friends, a friend of mine with her newborn found herself in hospital. And another friend of mine with a baby around the same age as Cleana ended up also having to stay in hospital for a few nights where they actually had to physically suction the, the phlegm off baby's chest. Now, we didn't have that situation with Cleana, but it's because they get so congested and they don't know how to remove the phlegm uh, as we do. And, and that's the concern, you know. Um, it then manifested into bronchiolitis with Cleana. So and that's very common with RSV that they can, you know, because it, it's a, it causes respiratory, respiratory tract infections. So, Look, she was fine. Obviously, it started to then turn a corner. She started to improve and we got over it and we all got over it. But I, it was a huge learning curve. Mm-hmm. Um, and I suppose had I known as much as I know now, having been through it and as being part of this campaign, it would have been a lot less scary. And that's the message here really is once you're informed, you know, it, it takes the fear out of it because initially the symptoms are so similar. Also, 90 percent of babies will probably get it and kids by the time they're two. 
So you could be in a situation like I was with Cahill going, I wonder, does he get it? And he probably did. We just didn't realise it was that. So in some cases, it's very mild. In others, it's more serious. Some babies can get it very mild the first time. It can be stronger than the next time they get it or vice versa. So it's not a one size fits all. Like with a lot of viral infections, we think, oh, when they get it once, they'll build up a certain immunity to it. I won't hit them as hard the next time. That's not the situation with RSV. It's it's complex, you know, Um and because I suppose she got it in a time where and I know COVID is still a thing, but it's very much still a thing in early 2022 where you were trying to figure out what is it? Is it a cold? Is it COVID? Is it something else? So, um, yeah, I'm glad that we did what we did and we trusted our gut instinct and we went to the hospital. I'm, you know, I'm glad we didn't. because I know that I wouldn't have slept that night anyway. But then what if I did? What if I did go into a deep sleep? And what if she wasn't OK? What if she needed help? You know, you know, I know that I suppose that's the part of the brain that goes to scary places because these are your most precious little beings. But you don't want to think of that either. So I, I don't think there's ever I don't think trusting your gut and going to the doctor and, and being seen to is ever wrong, especially when it comes to to smallies and particularly small babies, because, you know, um, what if they did need assistance and, and, and you didn't do it. So I think um, the message really is empowerment. Learn the signs and symptoms. The website is togetheragainstrsv.ie. Sanofi have put brilliant information together there. So everything is there. And then if you're worried, just go to your GP. That's what they're there for, you know. I love that they told you you were right to come in. Yeah. Because that's something that I always think of the health system and I always think of how stretched they are. And I always kind of, that plus I'm trying to minimise no, I'm sure they're going to be okay. And I'm sure it's not that bad because I'm trying to manage my own fears and worries yeah. matched with, no, if we go in now, we'll just put extra strain and, and problem. But when and where I have had to, and I have made that decision to bring them in, a comfort mm-hmm. that I find really valuable, and it's a very short sentence, but it really matters, is being told you were right to come in. Yeah. And I think we all need to remember that if you genuine, if you feel it, if you feel it in your bones, and I think we all know it, but in those early stages of motherhood, particularly maybe even on your first, you don't know what your body is telling you mm-hmm. because you're worried about absolutely everything all of yeah. the time. But yeah. I think that there is something, there is something in our intuition that tells us we have to take more action on this. We have to do something. And even if it is mild, but you have that concern when yeah. your baby is in that danger range of age, when they are in those very early months. And I would even say, look, I know that, that they say kind of under the three month mark, but I would kind of be like. Not just for RSV, for all sorts, if your baby really yeah. is in that non-communicative, you Correct, know, yeah. way where they can't really answer you. Yeah, I'm like do go just go 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 and get it checked just go and you're still absolutely and you're still learning about these little people you know you're still only getting to know their cues at this stage of their lives you know so um it is i think it is the most powerful thing we have is gut instinct and i would rather be told you know um yes you did the right thing but there's nothing to be worried about then than not you know so um it is finding the balance because you know, there are so many things that we are so stretched and life is so pressured that sometimes we can go, oh, no, it's fine. Um, and they'll be grand. Uh, but I think we all know instinctively when mm-hmm. something is grand and will probably 
work itself out or something that does need a bit more attention. You see, with with Cleana, it was obvious because it was her breathing. Yeah. You know, her breathing was strained. Like that's a that's a scary it's thing. Scary. When, when your baby is lying down in their cot and they, you can tell that they're 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 completely bunged up and snuffled and you know their breathing is not as as it is that that is frightening it is frightening so um i know that we didn't we wouldn't have slept a wink that night yeah. had we stayed at home yeah and things can escalate so quickly with breathing okay. um something that i even myself learned recently with pneumonia like i was fine and then i really wasn't very quickly and yeah. i think that is the same for our children you know, we can see a cough and a cold brewing for a few days before they before they become very unwell with it. You know, you start seeing the kind of the clear liquid come out their nose. You see that their eyes are a little bit more glassy and mm. it can take it can take a long time. But when something hits quite quickly and is very much impacting their breathing. Yeah, there really is no waiting. Yeah, no waiting. And I think as well, I mean, I was always a big fan of it, but it's it's not just that I I, I found it an, an enjoyable thing to do and a bonding thing to do with my babies, but skin on skin is absolutely amazing, you know, and the science is there to back it up and how beneficial it is. And also, and again, this is controversial, but, you know, a lot of the experts are recommending that if you're concerned about your baby, instead of putting them into their cot, you know, bring them into the bed with you, keep an eye on them, you know, particularly if it's something like breathing, you need to be able to monitor them and keep them close because very quickly it can change from, all right, they were okay, like, you know, an hour ago, but something has happened or something has progressed. Again, I hate the fact that I'm saying this in the sense that the last thing I want to do is frighten anyone because that gets us nowhere, you know, scaring people gets us nowhere. But I suppose just the message is that once you know more, you can act accordingly. Um, And there's loads of information out there, which is great. And then you can figure out, all right, is this what it is? Because, you know, that's, that's effectively the message. How were you after it? Okay, because I think we often forget that actually they bounce back. But I fall into a bit of a nervous hole. (laughs) Yeah, at the time I was, I was a nervous wreck. Those few hours in Crumlin, it was like, is it still only whatever it was, four o'clock in the morning? I was like, how is it not like three hours later? We've been here forever. I thought time was moving so slowly. Um. Yeah, that was tough. That was tough. But then I also felt incredibly fortunate, you know, um, once we got inside and once we were seen to that we were able to go home and, you know, um, you realize, I suppose, whenever you go to a hospital scenario, it is very humbling because mm. you see sick babas of, uh, you know, varying degrees of whatever it is that's going on for them. And I suppose we felt very lucky going home. But yeah, I was shook. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't. I, I did sleep eventually that night. But it definitely uh, knocked the stuffing out of me for sure. It is one of the things that without fail sends me into an, a bit of a nervous system breakdown. And it can take me a while to uh, switch out of that mode, that hypervigilance, mm. um, that being very prepared for danger. And I can, f- I can feel it. I can feel it like a system switch on in me when mm. they're sick, you know, I, and and ultimately, I probably end up being sick a bit later on, obviously through germs. But I think from a bit of adrenal burnout as well, yeah, like I, I, yeah, I can become yeah. quite, you know, you're checking on them all the time. You're just worried about it. There's just a buzz of worry that stays kind of in mm. your system whenever your child. And it's the same if they have, look, if they have an injury, if they have a fall or if you see them running towards something that's dangerous and yeah. you just bolt and pick them up. 
to reset our systems is almost just as important because we do see them recover. Thankfully, we do see them kind of bounce back and start playing and eating and the, the color coming back into their faces it takes me longer. It takes mm. me longer to actually reset and, and come back into a bit of relax. What what do you how can you tap into that for you? How where do you go when Sheila's stressed? Well, my nervous system has definitely never felt as pressured as it has since becoming a mother. <laughs> it's unbelievable, isn't it? It is actually amazing. I, I, you know, and I, you've I, been through your fair share. Yeah, yeah. But, and I shouldn't joke about concern. things like this. But yeah, but I wonder, like, will I be diagnosed with an ulcer or something one of yeah. these days? Because I just feel like this is not in my stomach or the stress, the um, the physical impact of it, you know, is at times a lot. It's a lot. And yeah, as you're right, I'm somebody who I suppose because of my own past experience. So, you know, in a nutshell, 12 years ago now, I was diagnosed with thyroid cancer. It's very fortunate that I got over that, but still it was, it was an experience. Um, and, and, and different things, different life experiences happened. And I trained in yoga, so I found that hugely beneficial and it still stands to me today. Um, even if I allow my yoga, yogic practice to slip, which unfortunately happens, I still know the things that work for me that I go back to. Um, there is a, an element of muscle memory there. And I think just for me, bringing it back to, um, and it's a little bit at odds with my yogic um, training, but I think bring it back to facts. What do mm. I have? What do I know is actually real and it's actually happening now? Because the overthinking mind and the going to scary places is something I can do, but I sometimes have to have a word with myself and just have a bit of a reality check. Wait a second. That's actually not what's happening here. Or, you know, the worry that when you come down, when you're walking downstairs, I, I used to have that a lot. Mm. Um, currently not living in a two story house as we're building a house and we're living in a rented accommodation that is snug. But I used to have that a lot when I'd be coming downstairs or cleaning that yeah. and the thought would come into my head and I would beat myself up for the thought. And then I spoke to an expert who normalized intrusive thoughts for me and said, actually, it's perfectly normal um, because I couldn't understand initially, especially when I had Cahill, why I would think the worst case scenario. Like, what is that about? And now we know that intrusive thoughts is 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 actually really normal. Um, but you do also have to kind of have a word with yourself and 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 bring it back to reality. If that's not what's happened here, it's not going to happen. And I suppose bringing it back to what do I have? So when I find my brain is going into overdrive and I'm getting my nervous system is frazzled, I just bring it back to what do you have? And then what I what I what I do have that is good is in abundance. And that instantly I feel it's like a bam on the kind of the crazy energy that I might be feeling. And I instantly feel better when I just go, thank you. Thank you for what I have. You know, my kids are well and, you know, they're doing good. And even if they do have a sniffle or something, I'm still looking at the bigger picture. They're outside of a cold or whatever it might be. They're healthy, you know. Um, so I think bringing it back to gratitude and breath for me is really important. But there are times when I do struggle to keep keep it in check, you know, and I think that is parenthood, especially parenthood in 2023. Mm. We're in a cost of living crisis, you know, uh, we're all so stretched in so many different ways. Mm -hmm. And it's what you do so brilliantly with your conversations. You highlight and you normalize what so many of us are going through. So we don't feel like we're losing our minds and we're crazy to think this way. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plush care. 
PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Whatever you're feeling, just because the world has shifted, you are still okay to seek any kind of support that you needed, yeah. that you were feeling a few weeks ago. And I think conversations that you have had on your podcast have even supported, you know, me in feeling like that, like deep conversations, real conversations with people talking about times in their lives that have genuinely challenged them. But what I love is that it's, they recognized it in themselves. They found the right support and connection for what it was that they needed. Mm. And they arrived at a new place and they met their new selves because of it. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's what you do so well in in your podcast. Um, I think that is Thank something you. that I is a form of therapy for me in creating this podcast. Like yeah. I didn't, not unlike you that day when I met you four years ago, sitting down, you know, I, I never kind of was like, I'm going to start a podcast because I want one. It wasn't. It was, I have a need myself in those early years of motherhood to hear other people's situations, stories, circumstances, emotions, experiences. And I need to learn what it was that they took from those moments and what they, like how it molded them, how it shaped them, what benefit yeah. actually it gave them and who they are now. Mm. And I think that is something that we share in that we definitely that conversation can do that. Yeah, for sure. And I think, you know, that's I think you're really good at that. Um, and thank you for your kind words as well, is is that facilitation that allowing. I mean, you know, we knew that having this conversation today that we were going to talk about my experience or Cleanna's experience with RSV. But really outside of that, it's a going with the flow thing. And that's what I love. And they're my favorite kind of conversations because you don't know where it's going to go. You don't really know what avenue you're going to go down. Um, but definitely I have found that by doing the podcast, so mine is called Ready to be Real. And I suppose the name kind of describes what I was hoping to achieve with it is that I think we've had enough of the appearance, mm. the this is what it looks like. I, I wanted to get the nuts and bolts of things and um, just have authentic conversations with people that we don't all have it figured out. Mm -hmm. And actually, we'll all experience challenge in our lives, whether we have already, whether we're currently going through it or whether it's around the corner. It's not possible to live in the world and not experience difficulty. And yes, like you already said, it's varying degrees of it. But if it's causing you stress or strain, then it's a problem. It's a problem and 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 you need to address it and and give it time and space and, and try and help yourself. And effectively, what that's what the conversations explore. They explore people's 
a lot of the time it's people who have overcome difficulty and what they have you know, learned about those experiences and then they can share that with us. And I learn so much from everyone that I sit down with, you know, that I speak to. And it's such a privilege. And I say you feel the same way. I love that feeling that at the end of a conversation, if somebody and you check in with them afterwards, how are you doing? How are you feeling? They're like, yeah, good. And I enjoyed that or I found that was difficult, but I'm glad I did it. You know, I'd, I I wouldn't like anyone to leave the studio or, or leave a, a virtual recording feeling, oh, why did I say yes to talking to her? You know, uh, and luckily that hasn't happened yet. Hopefully it doesn't. Um, but yeah, knowing that people feel comfortable to share and safe to share, that's a really important thing. And and I think you only do that by allowing yourself to be comfortable and allowing yourself to be vulnerable and to not overthink it too much and just let the chips fall as they may, because that's the beauty of the best kind of conversations, whether it's a podcast or whether it's in real life, it's the ones where you don't, all right. I didn't expect the conversation to go that way. They're always the best kind. Have you found that that is a, that has been a learning for you because of maybe the, the more traditional media you from before yeah. was so scripted and so on point? Yeah. And this is exactly what you're saying in these four minutes. Yes, Whereas exactly. Whereas now it's actually, you do, you do not know what the next hour or so would actually bring. Yeah, you're so right. And there was an unlearning or... Um, a kind of a you're this is a completely different thing this is forget all you've done before because it ain't going to help you in this right and that's what I think is fantastic about about podcasters and the podcasting world is some of the best podcasters have had no media training they just started because they wanted to have certain types of conversations or whatever it is um you don't need to have media training to do it you know what I mean I did because that's the world I came from but I don't think it was necessarily it was a benefit in some ways yeah there's certain things I've learned that are that are beneficial but in terms of the types of conversations I have they wouldn't work at all in a tv setting or even a radio show because there wouldn't be enough time mm-hmm. so I'd have to condense everything down and I, I from previous work I've done on TV and radio, I'm familiar with the, as you said, the four minute slot or the eight minute slot, and you have to get all this information into one. So what happens is it's something I like to do less and less of now. So the, the podcast, I feel, I hope has evolved in a good way. Um, I would have probably been more guilty of cutting across the guest in the earlier episodes, perhaps, than I would be now. And that's because of my my like with the TV days, you know. Oh no, because you don't. If you don't have enough time, or you're say now for this conversation about RSV, and if you had in like a an eight minute slot in the radio, you would inevitably have to cut across me because we weren't getting all the information across in in the time, and that's just the nature of 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 that model. Whereas I've learned that with podcasting, that is not the case. So I I I chill out a little bit more and I listen. I tune in. I was always a good listener anyway. I feel without blowing my own trumpet, but. I did probably cut across the guest a bit more in the earlier episodes than I do now. I'd like to think that I I allow it be. And I'm not afraid of pause. Whereas you were always terrified of a pause, particularly in radio. You can't have dead air. No, people would think there's something wrong and they changed the station. You know, that was a, that was a big thing you were warned when you went into radio. You can never have a moment of dead air to, you know, fill all the gaps. Whereas I think there's a real beauty and a power in a pause. And when you're speaking to somebody, as you well know, and they say something that absolutely lands right into your heart. If you don't give it a second, you're not honoring what that person has given you, the gift they've given you in their moment of wisdom. And I know you, you we, we spoke yesterday um, and you very kindly complimented the conversation I had recently with Kate O'Dwyer, who's a visibility and business coach. And I know you know Kate as well. Her episode was, a, a, you know what? 
I've learned so much from that episode in mm-hmm. the sense that at the time I worried that it was very self-indulgent because I felt like it was a one-on-one session with me. She was giving me so much to think of. And I probably spoke more during that conversation than I do in a lot of chats. So I worried, would it translate to the listener? But it has had such a huge impact on people. I've met people in person and I have people have engaged online and sent me messages saying they've not just listened to it once, they've listened to it a few times Mm. because they have taken so much from what she said. And I think that's what happens when somebody shares so in such a raw, real way about their own lives. You then you feel like you've permission to own your own stuff. And a lot comes up for you. Like I had so much that came to me during that conversation. I had so many moments of, whoa, Wow, thank you, because I hadn't looked at that before. I thought of that before. I realized I have a lot of work to do also in terms of my own visibility. But that's OK. You know, awareness is is a, you know, a step on the ladder also. Um, but th- that that was an interesting conversation where I just did worry, will this translate? And it, and luckily it has seemingly uh, resonated with people. But again, like that, it's a learning curve. Like I'm four years into doing the podcast. I'm. 24 years probably at this stage working in media but every day is a school day and that's what's great about it you're always learning you're always improving you're always tweaking I think the thing that you worried about is the thing that made it magic and that is a trend that I can also see in some of the episodes that I've created on stretch marks the things that Mm. the ones that actually really mean something yeah, I worry about more and the ones that have been so personal in how they've kind of impacted me, I worry about more. And mm. the ones that get under my skin and start talking to the demons in my own head, in my own voice. Yeah. When you said that you were worried that it was too much of like a one on one kind of conversation, that is the part that drew me in because I felt Firstly, I felt very aligned with some of the things that you were saying, um, but I felt safe to also need Kate's words because here is someone who traditionally in that role of host is supposed to have their shit together. Yeah. (laughs) You know? (laughs) Yeah. And And who so often can feel... Uh, permission to let down their own let down down their own armor and show their own kind of inner conflict Mm. Mm. but Kate and you achieved that so beautifully like it wasn't forced it wasn't really like I'm Sheila and I'm going to now let down my armor like it wasn't it was just this wonderful unwinding because Kate's so brilliant at doing that, and yeah, I don't think you, so. I don't think anyone can ha- could have a conversation with her and not have her kind of unwind the coil that wraps around us so tightly. Um, yeah. But I felt, and I, I, I also like I will absolutely be listening to it this weekend again. Like I need to go for I, I was listening to it yesterday while I was doing like some like email replies and bits like that, and and actually afterwards I was like, no, I need actually, I need to go for a walk by myself in open air, no distraction, and listen to every single word of this again. And in it, you mentioned, and I I feel the same, in it, I think that people blow their own trumpets far too much, especially when it comes to some of the podcast episodes and conversations that that are released into the world. Um, I struggle with it. I know that you mentioned in the episode that Mm. you struggle with it, but I do, I see it. And often I do kind of look and I feel like, oh, come on, like I can't, 
they can't all be life changing. They can't all, <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah. They There's can't a bit of all that, isn't there? That. Can we just can we dial it down just a notch? It's basically like a form of clickbait, I think, isn't it? It is. It is. And I, but it's so transparent now because it's everywhere now. You know, and it's hard because in one way, I applaud them yeah. being visible and yeah. you know allowing themselves to be seen and celebrated and. Um, this is me and this is what I'm doing. That, that's fantastic. So I'm torn on it. But the, so I, what happens to me is, I suppose, I if I hear somebody say that those words, like it's life changing or it's amazing or wow, I'm intrigued to listen. Mm-hmm. And I've often gone to listen to the episode that person has said is amazing. And I suppose I'm waiting for the amazing bit. <laughs> and the episode is over and I'm like, it was nice. I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. There were lovely moments in it, but. Maybe it's my perspective on what amazing is. It didn't maybe land with me in the same way. So then I'm questioning myself going, wait a second, am I getting it wrong? Or what am I saying is, you know, so look, I, I need to, I also need to get better. And I, I suppose we're probably similar in that sense of owning. Minimizing. Our, oh, yeah, we minimize. We minimize probably. Like what you said, you said in it that you you would rather keep expectations low and over deliver. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and throughout my life and career, probably that's, that's where I pitch myself, but yeah, but I, but it, in saying that, what I will also say back to you is that that episode has taught me things that will change how I view and take action in the next few years of my life. That's great, it isn't will. it? Because well, also because even when I spoke about that to Kay, talking about you know, because I I do we I see a lot of people over promising and under delivering, but I I'd rather the opposite. But then she pointed out to me, is that a visibility block of yours? Mm. Is that just a guise? Is that a way of you? And it's a form of self-sabotage, really. It's mm. a way of I'm I'm trying to, you know, be all honorable and say, no, 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 the work will speak for itself. Mm-hmm. It's fine. It's fine. But actually, it's just me getting in my own way, really, and being Playing afraid safe. and being afraid, playing it safe, being afraid to be seen, you know, um, and it is I really do feel it's true. You know, I'm more comfy talking about the murky bits and the bits that, that go wrong. I'm I am fine about that. Let's talk about my flaws all day long. No problem. Mm-hmm. But, you know, when people compliment me and even during this conversation, you've said some lovely things. And I felt a tightness in my stomach, even though it's a lovely feeling. I'm struggling with it also. And I'm trying to not cut across you or go, ah, geez, ah, no, 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 not no, so, no, not no. Stop it. Yeah. Stop that. <laughs> and I'm trying to I'm trying to get better at just no, shut up. Listen. Take it in, even if it's uncomfortable. Take it in; it's a lovely thing, and I'm working at that. And that's that's big work. And and as she spoke about, it's that it's the cultural conditioning, it's the years of the good girl mentality, and you know, it's all about who she is. Who does she think she is? Yeah, it's all that unraveling. It's huge stuff, isn't it? How safe does it feel to have moved home? Oh, it's great. It is great now. Initially, it was bonkers. The move out of Dublin was not easy. Because um, I'd say in media land, you leaving Spittle and going to Dublin was the thing you had to do to push yourself out. To I was so seen. young. Yeah, I was so young initially. Like I was, I was 19 and I was working in Dublin. I was presenting my first TV show. It was a movie review show and it was a very glamorous program. So mm-hmm. basically I'd go to London um, at least once a month and I'd interview like, you know, a big celeb, you know, whether it was an actor or director or whatever. Um, so I went from being, you know, 
a girl to having to be very responsible very, very quickly. It was a huge, huge gear shift, you know, and earning my own money and paying rent and, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, so initially it was like I couldn't wait to get out and, and explore the world. But then time moves on. Things change. I'm now 44. I have a brilliant partner. We've we're very lucky to have two two young kids. And living in Dublin while it was fantastic and I have spent so many, so, so many years in Dublin and both of us individually um, had for years, he's from Cork. So he moved, he moved to Dublin around 18, 19 as well. Um, so we spent probably longer in Dublin, you know, um, but I think, you know, the second you become a parent, your priorities shift and the, the, the reality of it really is us staying in Dublin just wasn't feasible. The cost of buying a home in Dublin is bonkers. And for us to live anywhere where we wanted to live or get, get the type of house that we wanted to get, we just wouldn't be able to afford it. So that was a factor. Uh, but we're also from really lovely places. While we love Dublin, I'm from a really nice community in the west of Ireland. Damien is from a gorgeous part of Cork, Blarney. So we were spoiled, really. So we knew it was going to be one or the other. Um, but actually it was a sea that swung it for us, for both of us, um, not just me. Um, Damien absolutely loves the sea and our kids do as well. Mm-hmm. And we spend a lot of time in the water. Um, so I think that for him, even though he didn't, he wasn't reared by the sea, he spent all his summers in Derry Nan and Kerry. Um, and he was in the water the entire summer. So he absolutely adores, um, adores that. So, and then a site became available. Um, it was one of these, this never happens things, you know. So a site came available across, effectively across from the beach, crossing the beach a little bit over. Um, there's a road and uh, there were a number of sites that became available um, in Spittle and you had to be from the village, mm. you know, to 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 build. So we saw we saw it as a bit of a sign. So Colin was only four months when we bought the site. So we are still not living in our home. It's wild. And he's six. (laughs) He was six in August, but we're nearly there. I keep saying that, but we are nearly there. We are getting there. It's been a very slow process. Initially, I suppose it's the getting the planning permission. And then it's, then it's, you know, deciding on an architect to design the home and then get a builder and obviously in between all of that, get mortgage approval. Um, And that, that takes a long time. And then we had a thing, a little thing called a global pandemic Mm -hmm. that kind of slowed things down. Um, And, and here we are, we started, the foundation went down in November 21. So the month that Cleanna was born, she'll be two on the 11th of November. So that month, our foundation went down and we thought, oh yeah, we'll be in the the house. Yeah, we've been in the house by next Christmas. (laughs) <laughs> Two years on, but look, we're get we we are we are nearly there. Will we be in before Christmas? I I I don't know. I hope I'm a glass half full kind of person. I am the eternal optimist, so the optimist in me says yes, we will be. But the part of me that's not so sure will say just don't get your hopes up. But we will be in there one way or another. We will be in there in the next few months. Um, so it is exciting. What does it uh, feel it's a huge to be learning curve. back home? That feeling of that oh yeah, nine, back that home. nineteen year old that left. And here she is now back home. Yeah, it, it feels great. I, I had a situation and, and the reason I'm explaining this is, is what Damien said to me when I came home. So I was in Dublin for work. It was a Saturday. I was coming down on the Saturday and I had something to post that I needed to get in the post. Mm. So uh, I knew that I wouldn't make it down to Galway in time 
to make the post office. But I knew the post office in where I used to live in Dublin. So I said, I'll just go there because I know it. And I grab a cup of coffee, get in the car. Kind of cute to kind of pop in. I've been in there in ages. So I did. I stopped, went to the post office, grabbed a cup of coffee. I couldn't get over how busy it was. <laughs> couldn't get over how busy it was. Got in the car. I went, just don't. Yeah, it's after getting really busy. So I came home and I said, it's so busy. You yeah. could, I couldn't get over how busy. I said, no, it's not any busier. It's not any busier than it was. You are just now a country bumpkin living yeah. back in Connemara and life has slowed down. Mm-hmm. I just burst out laughing. I was like, you're so right. You are so right. I'm just at a slower pace now down here because we're living, Spittle is a small rural community and I'm from a really lovely place. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's lovely to be kind of back speaking Irish far more than I was. Um, you know, Cahill's in his second year now of primary school. He's in the Nanwara. That's why we made the move. We made the move out of Dublin because um, we, I suppose initially we thought we'd be well, the house would be well built. And then obviously that wasn't the case. But we said instead of starting him in school in Dublin, then moving, let's make the move mm. and we'll figure it out. So we're in rented accommodation while we're building. And it has absolutely been the right call. As, as difficult as it was to leave Dublin. And it was, and it was very stressful. And the move... It was very difficult because we have loads of stuff in storage because obviously where we're living, we don't have room for all our stuff. So we have, you know, we're, we're paying rent on that. Um, and, we, you know, you're not settled because you're not in your own home. So it's you're kind of in this lim- strange limbo. But the kids are fantastic. And it's true what they say. Kids are amazing. They're very resilient and they'll just go with the flow. He is thriving. He loves it down here. He loves the lifestyle. He has great little pals. His Irish, he's a pure little Connemara man now. It's gas. So they're doing really well. Um, and like my closest friends are still down here. My parents live out the road. And, you know, I'm so lucky. Like my dad is 80 um, next week, you know, and they're hale and hearty. We're very lucky. Um, so it's been really good. Initially, it wasn't. I'm not going to lie. I didn't love the initial few months. It was really hard. Um, I I was kind of like, what are we doing? This is bonkers. It, it took a while to settle. It felt very full on. Um, there was a lot going on. Just trying to get us set up, even with things like get us set up with the doctor. You know, you've so much you have to put in place when you move to a different place. Even though I was moving back to my home village, I haven't lived here for so long. You know, so that initially there was there was there was that, but then it has settled. Um. And I said, even though we're still in limbo, the benefits are there. So I can only imagine what it's going to be like when we're actually in the house. That will be great. Did you feel like you had to say goodbye to a part of yourself that moved to Dublin at 19, waiting for this big career? Or did you feel so confident that you now have, you've built that career in this podcast and you can take it absolutely anywhere? Yeah, I have no regrets. It's funny. I'm not somebody who um, dwells on situations. Mm. I mean, I have had plenty of situations in the past where I didn't take opportunities that were presented to me, like mad stuff, mad stuff where. And again, it's back to and this is why when I when I give talks, I speak about worth a lot because and it's back to the conversation with Kate. That's what it comes down to. It's my own feelings of self-worth. I'm still trying to discover exactly where that comes from because I had a lovely, happy childhood. I had very encouraging parents, but I do have a very strong you are not worthy uh, script running somewhere in me that I need to rewire and have a word with. So I had plenty of opportunities where I didn't I didn't take the leap because I went, ah, no, no, no. When I, there were plenty of them, plenty of them. Um, but in saying that, I don't have any regrets because I'm also a big believer in that every single thing that we've gone through in our lives, whether it's good or bad or boring, has led us to where we are right now. So even in this conversation with you, 
everything that's gone before happened for a reason for us to to be present right now mm-hmm. and be chatting. Uh, I have two amazing kids. I feel so lucky. I have a great partner. I I know that I've won the lotto of what's important in life. You know, I'm not saying that to be smug. I'm just saying that to be aware that I I know. But I also wouldn't be the person I am today if I hadn't gone through all the things that I had gone through. Like I have been fired. I've been you know, hired and fired many times. You know, I've been through cancer. I've experienced um, two miscarriages. I've had lots of other bits and bobs happen, but all of them have shaped the person that I am. So I don't live with regrets and I don't miss, um, I feel like life is also chapters. And, you know, I love now going to Dublin for work and maybe catching up with friends when I can. But, you know, I'm back where I'm meant to be. I am a Connemara girl through and through and I'm back in my homeland. So it's, I suppose I'm very fortunate really. It has its challenges and there's definite challenges for me from a work point of view at times. And other times I'm just like, I'm going to make this work. And it it I, I it does work. You know what I mean? There's ways and means around everything. Also, I think sometimes people who, you know, live in Dublin don't realize that actually, you know, with Galway, like it's not that far away. Like no. you're in the car, you get a train. It's, it's very doable. You know what I mean? So I have been able to um, still do the level of work that I want. And I'm, I suppose I'm more selective about what I want to do as well and what I'm saying yes to. So I have absolutely no regrets. And if it's only what I'm gaining, really, and the positives outweigh the negatives a million percent, you know, we have it's such a lovely quality of life down here, you know, um, and I'm very grateful that my kids will grow up uh, speaking Irish as normal. Do you know what I mean? Um, and while there is plenty of Irish in Dublin and beautiful Irish, I suppose it's such a natural part of life down here um, that that's a gift. And I know it is. I know I was very fortunate to have it myself. And again, it's not something I take for granted. I'd always say to people who meet me and say, oh, I don't speak Irish. It's just geography. It's where I was reared. You know, I was lucky that I was reared there. So mm-hmm. being able to pass it on to, to our kids is is great. It's a great feeling. It's a great life. And thank you mm. so much for, you know, it's between the podcast conversations and I mean this on the Ready to Be Real, but even just, I, I've taken, taken inspiration from you from just even being brave enough to recognise that what you were living wasn't working for you and brave and complicated steps need to be taken, you know, to to realign. And I think that's what we often have to do. And we get blockages and we don't understand why something isn't working or we're, we're, we're pushing on that door and it's not opening because it's we're not actually aligned. We're not mm-hmm. living what we want for ourselves, for where we're at, for how we've changed, for what we want to give to our kids. And sometimes like breaking out of cycles like that, like saying Dublin is no longer where it where it's where it's right for us. Yeah. That's is something that I think we all need to listen to sometimes and just say, do you know what, what I thought I was doing is making me less happy, is bringing mm. me less um, alignment, less feeling like this is the life that really I'm working hard to live for. And yeah. I see that in your conversations. I see that in your authenticity of how you show up places. I see that in you saying, you know, look, there's that voice running through your head that doesn't need to be there. And um, we're all working on ourselves and we're all figuring it out. But change is good when we mm. listen to our voice and when we make those brave and bold steps. Change is good. Yeah. Um, thank you for joining me today. Thank you for leading this campaign on RSV and sharing what was a very frightening tale, but ultimately will help so many parents to recognize those signs and symptoms. I will leave the website in the show notes for anybody because I do think we need to educate ourselves. We're coming into that season now. It lasts as well. Let's not like you, your experience was March. So yeah. 
we have to we have to know and we have to know when to take action mm. and that is what we're thank you today thank you i've loved us can we do this every week we can <laughs> and we can do it at the podcast um, awards because of course you heard i can't wait yeah and you are and so i can't wait I, so i can't wait i'm I'm looking forward yeah. to that because we can actually are we Talk. are we out are we out out oh we're out out we're out out okay we're out, out. Bar. and there'll be nothing recorded <laughs> okay exactly no no <laughs> evidence of off the record <laughs> Talk soon. Thank you to Sheila Shoga on sharing her experience of RSV so that we can feel more informed this winter. For more information on the signs, symptoms and actions, you'll find a link to rsv.sanofi.ie in the show notes. Help this show to reach more parents by sharing on social, rating it on the podcast platform you're listening on, because every bit of interaction makes a huge difference and helps me to continue to create this show. Okay, thank you and talk to you again next week. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer let's wake up those taste buds with hot juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi mm. hello fresh stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at hellofresh.com let's get this dinner party started Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.